0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
1: Fifth place finish for Junior in Phoenix, Marty Smith. Substantially more
0: impressive than second at Daytona.
1: The Dale Jr. Download starts
2: now. Y'all did a good job, man. You're good to see made a lot of good changes, and the car got better because of it. I appreciate
1: that. Uh, Dale Jr., talking about that fifth place finish, And about uh, the great job the 88 crew led by Steve LaTarte did uh, yesterday, TJ Majors, the spotter who did a great job, will join us. Ryan McGee will be on the show today. Uh, We're going to try to find wherever Mike Davis, the creator of this program, is in a little bit. But uh, Marty Smith, the best NASCAR reporter of all time from ESPN, that is not a stretch, that is the truth, is here with me in studio today. Um, Man, that was a heck of a run for the 88 team yesterday, especially given where they were a few days earlier. Certainly.
0: Uh, they were out to lunch the entire weekend, but they worked on the car. Uh, great communication throughout the weekend. Dale Jr.'s feedback to Steve LaTarte was great. If you would have told Steve LaTarte at the beginning of the weekend, we'll give you a fifth-place finish if you leave, he would have taken it six, you know, seven days a week, twice on Sunday.
1: How important do you think communication is? You're going to hear me say that a it's lot everything. today in this podcast, Marty. Communication with Steve LaTard and Dale Earnhardt Jr. seems to be off the charts.
0: Everybody in the Sprint Cup Series can drive. Not everybody can give feedback that makes a race car better and that can maintain their composure throughout a difficult start to be great at the end. That is, that is the greatest gain that Dale Earnhardt Jr. has made in the past couple of years. There's no question about it. His confidence is much higher because of Steve Letarte. His patience is in another stratosphere. Ten years ago, we never would have seen or heard this out of his mouth. He would have been bitching and complaining and moaning, cussing Tony Jr.
1: Ten years ago, try three. Right. (laughs) Uh, He's come a long way. Yeah. All right, and to speak more to what you're saying, Marty, let's hear the communication even before they drop the green flag between Stevie and Jr.
3: All right, man, last week was fun. Now we're into the real race tracks, these downforce tracks. We've working hard. I appreciate everybody's effort all year long in these cars, Bill. Practice was fun. I know we made some gains on it, so we'll just keep working hard, man. 312 laps. we got your back. Keep working every lap. Yep, Good luck. Be safe, don't be rude.
2: Just, you know, no matter what, man, just keep plugging.
1: You know, Marty, I think the thing that first comes to mind when I hear that is the positive frame of mind that Steve Latart puts Dale Earnhardt Jr. in?
0: Absolutely, uh, and it's permeated his entire life. We've seen it now since they've been together. This is a guy who has a word in his life that was not there previously, and that word is accountability. He's accountable to Stevie, to the crew, to Mister Hendrick, and you know what? Above all else, to himself. He's a different guy.
2: I love Steve Latart. <laughs>
1: I mean, well, it's the truth. I mean, it, it is. I mean, he, he it's unbelievable. The man has him drinking carrot juice. I mean, I if he told Junior to go rescue a cat out of a tree, he'd, he'd do it. Uh, now, you were there on Friday. I was. This team did not qualify well, and they didn't practice very well either. They were in the twenties. They're bad. Yeah, and it showed. It reflected in the first uh, fifty laps or so in the race too.
0: Which again speaks to the patience that Junior has and the confidence he has in how this team operates at this point. He would have, in previous years, been mentally affected by mediocrity to start the weekend. We suck, write it off, let's go on to Vegas and have 66 beers. Now it is, okay, this is what we have, let's figure out how to make it better, let's stay cohesive, and that's what they've done.
1: To speak to that, here's Dale Jr. talking about what was wrong on those first few long green flag runs about how tight it was coming off the center
2: it seemed like we got better the longer we ran or those guys come to us a little bit but at the the beginning there from like lap five to 20 or whatever it just it was we weren't no match for anybody from the center off it just could go we can't go
0: do you notice there that there's not an accusatory tone He, he is not there is no blame cast There isn't any criticism, it is feedback, it is composure. That is a model of composure that was not there in his previous, I I mean, I I consider it two different careers, I honestly do. In his previous, pre-Steve LaTarte career, that did not exist.
2: I love Steve LaTarte.
1: A lot of credit to Stevie because you know how hard it is being in the garage every week for a driver to communicate what's wrong with his car totally. to his crew chief. And LaTarte took a huge swing on it after the third long run. Marty, they end up going from 31st in the field. They made to some, the lead. To the lead. They made some, you know, they gambled a little on pit road, but they got out in front of everybody. And then on that long green flag run with less than 100 laps to go, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is checking out.
0: Yarded him. Yeah, he yarded them.
1: They, and, again, that, that,
0: though, that speaks to many things. First of all, it was a great job by everybody involved getting the car to the front. But once you're in the front now, it still matters. Clean air still king. He was
1: gone. Yeah, he, he certainly was. But they threw a caution, and Junior had to come down to pit road just like everybody else. Now, Junior – was a couple inches ahead of the 99. He was inside the 99 on pit road. Everybody thinks that it's a, it's a race off of pit road or it's a race out there on the track. It's a race on pit road. Oh, and Junior's a couple inches ahead of the 99 and really felt like he could have beat him back onto the track. But the 13 of Casey Mears, which we have certainly heard about on Twitter from, yeah, Junior, Na- wow. <laughs> from Junior Nation. We have some funny Geico tweets to read later. <laughs> um, he had to dive into his pit stall. And here's the communication there. Go, 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 go. One lane, one lane,
2: one lane, one lane. 99s outside. Race 50, 10. 47. Keep coming. You're good. 47. 47. Save gas. Long gears. Long gears. Shut it off right here. Save gas. Everybody's right on the window. Save gas. I saw the 13. You did all you could, bud.
1: Yeah, and and that happens all the time, Marty. I mean, all the time. Throughout the race, Clint Boyder had uh, an issue with that earlier in the race, too, where you just get trapped in there. And, you know, Junior's on the inside, and... Mm-hmm. That's what happens sometimes when you're on the inside. On he said road.
0: after the race that cost him the race. Yeah, he did. And uh, I don't disagree with him because they had so much momentum at that point. Again, his car was fantastic out front, and it was hard to pass. So uh, that definitely had a substantial role in the outcome.
1: However, uh, you would think to some degree he'd be frustrated – that you didn't win or have a top two or three finish, but still, like you said at the very beginning, it's a win. fifth in Phoenix is more impressive Look, than second in, in, in Daytona or Talladega. When
0: you get to the point, as any race team, forget the individual. When you get to a point where a top five becomes a disappointment, you are really on to something special. Yeah. And yeah. this is our worst track.
1: Well, and to speak to that, here's Stevie and Junior after the race so proud of you man that's the top
3: five of phoenix i know that's only a top five but god that feels good to have it here buddy
2: you did a great job yeah, y'all did a good job man y'all made a lot of good changes all week all weekend you're to you see made a lot of good changes and the car got better because of it i appreciate
1: that man listening to that makes the hair on your back your neck stand up if you are part of junior nation marty your job is to think about all forty-three drivers, the big picture. Should Junior Nation be freaking out right now, saying, "Holy cow, we are a contender"? Or should you say, "Relax, it's only two races."
0: It, it both. I think it should be both. Uh, there is so much hope involved in that race team right now, but it is so early. Rarely does someone that's. It, it just it. It matters certainly, but but you have to temper that excitement. I will say this though about that feedback that he just gave the team there and that praise that he just gave the team. A small gesture like that from the driver matters so deeply to the guys that build the cars. A lot of times the, the, the driver or the figurehead on the team does not remember that. They don't think about how important and how much that matters to the guys, but it does. It matters tremendously to the people that are fighting like hell to make you fast.
1: I could listen to you say that all day, but we gotta keep it rolling first before we talk to some other folks. This podcast is brought to you by Dale Junior Potato Chips. You can order all four flavors and find a retail store locator near you just by going to Dale JuniorFoods.com. Let's speed dial. Speed dial. Let's go to the communications director for JR Motorsports. He is Mike Davis, and he usually is sitting where Marty Smith is sitting. Um, Are you that excited that you couldn't show up today? What was your reaction to a fifth-place finish for Dale Earnhardt Jr. in Phoenix, Mike?
2: Well, Taylor, if I told you that I was so nervous that I vomited, I guess I wouldn't totally be lying to
1: you. So Um, that's why you're not here today. So you're you're under the weather because you do. You sound pretty terrible right now.
2: Thank you. Let me set the scene for you right now. I was going to say it
0: sounds as if it might be a fetal position puking situation.
2: Well, well, Marty, I'm here's the scene. I am uh, wearing a camo full body hunting suit because it makes me feel better. Okay, guys. (laughs) I am parked beside a stainless steel trash can. Two 32 ounce Gatorade G2s, one grape, one lemon lime. Yeah. um, And I am watching a replay of the channel, Victory Lane, on TV because I didn't get to see it last night, which, by the way, Jared is totally photo-bombing the Carl Edwards interview.
1: I just want to point that out. Oh, that's good. I like that. Well, uh, watching that will make you feel better. We're going to let you go back to bed. Uh, you can either watch that or you can watch the 2009, uh, 2011, or 2012 BCS National Championship Games. Hey,
0: bud, let me know if I should swing by with some Pepto. <laughs>
2: All right, I will, Marty. Actually, thank you for saying that. I'm curious, did anybody make coffee this morning? Did anybody bring in donuts? I mean, set the scene there.
0: Uh, No, nobody did bring. You know what? No, nobody brought coffee or donuts, but I did bring my green tea in the effort to try try to stop drinking so much coffee, and as I made my green tea this morning, I began to ponder, is honey, in fact, the greatest condiment ever? Is it the greatest (laughs) redneck condiment
1: Man, we are a bunch of weird uh, rednecks, man. Think about a, it. A, Ketchup a is very
0: versatile, but I put honey in my oatmeal. I put it in my coffee. I put it in my tea. Yeah. I put it in oh, I, yeah. I I eat
1: honey with my chicken. Mike, please come back. Do you see what's happening it's here? It's a please. versatile condiment. Mike, get better, man. Get better so you can be back here next week. What is wrong with this fella? Now I want green tea. I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> bring some back. Yeah. Hey, right, guys. go back to bed. We'll see you, Mike. Let's bring in the spotter for the 88 team at the cup level. He is TJ Majors. TJ, uh, I thought your tweet said it all after the race yesterday. What an unbelievable team effort for you guys there in Phoenix. You've got to be pretty fired up.
4: Yeah, it was pretty awesome to go there. And, you know, Phoenix is one place we've always kind of struggled. So, you know, it's kind of good to go there and, and just put together a, a good effort. You know, we all did our jobs, and, you know, Junior drove a great race, and Stevie called a great race. We didn't have track position in the beginning. But, um, you know, we kind of learned what we needed and, and adjusted our car in the beginning enough to where we, could, we took some shots at it, you know, halfway through the race, and it paid off. You know, we got up there in the cleaner air, and we had the see if we got the car good for Junior, and, you know, Junior drove great, and it just all worked out.
0: I'm of the mind that a top five at Phoenix is a far greater accomplishment for this race team than a second-place finish and near victory at Daytona. Explain yeah. for me. Explain for me the emotional and psychological impact of fifth at Phoenix versus second at Daytona. Yeah, I
4: mean, you know, Daytona is just some kind of somewhere where we just expect to run good, you know, we, and you know we go to a lot of tracks we expect to run good, but just Phoenix has just been one of them places where it's just kind of, a, it's just eluded us. I mean, we've never been able to, we've just never been able to put the whole day together. You know, we've had decent runs going there, but just we just could never, never really top it off. Um, to come out of there, lead laps, and you know, and lead laps competitively. It's not like you know, it's not like we led two laps and got passed. You know, we were leading for a while, and, and you know, I don't think they were going to get by us. And um, we had a legitimate shot to win the race. And uh, you know, that's a uh, that's huge for next time we go back there. Next time we go back there, we know what we have, and um, you know, we know we can we know we can repeat it.
1: Hey, TJ, a couple things I want to ask you about. Uh, One is the communication right now throughout the entire team with with you and Junior, with you and Stevie, with Stevie and Junior right now. I mean, you've been with Junior for quite some time now. It seems like the communication right now with the 88 team has never been better, true?
4: Yeah, it's been really good with Stevie and Junior and myself and just everybody, man. The pit crew has been on it. We just all – it just kind of clicks together. It's hard to to tell you how it works, which just works, you know, and you know, Stevie understands Junior. Junior understands him. Um, you know, the pit crew does their job when we come down pit road. And, you know, I've always – me and Junior have always understood each other. You know, we have always kind of know each other's thinking and stuff. And Stevie kind of fits right in that same, you know, same ballpark, you know. So it just – it works really good.
1: We, we've played a bunch of clips that would further what you're saying right now. But there was a very confusing moment yesterday in the race, uh, right before the last uh, green flag run. Uh, let's listen to what you had to say, Stevie, and Junior as well behind
4: the 11? How's that? How's that? Hold on. Where's our official? Ain't hey, no way. i going down to let the 47 go by. I'm going to let the guy go. They're telling you to go and then they put you back there? That's not right. All right. Well, they're going to put him in front of you. What? you what? So uh, behind the 11? That's what
3: the tower's saying.
1: Now, TJ, we're going to get your response to what was happening there in just a second, but Marty, you got the official word from NASCAR just a few minutes ago. I did. I
0: just spoke to NASCAR about this, and here is their explanation. They say that when Junior – they say Junior turned off his motor, my presumption is in the effort to save fuel, that then enabled that, – that then dropped him below pace car speed, which enabled Denny Hamlin by, by law, by NASCAR law, to – past Junior at caution speed. Therefore, he was uh, given, the, given the position by NASCAR because NASCAR says Junior dropped below pace car speed, which enabled Denny to go by.
1: Now, TJ, that that sounds like the, the letter of the law there, but I know that was not the intent. The intent was just to let the 47 go by. But what a crazy time, especially when you got one to go before they uh, throw the final green flag.
4: Yeah, you know, that's just kind of part of it. You know, they we were saving fuel, but um, you know, like you said there, I mean, when you're when you're passing the last car and the caution comes out and then you're in front of it and then they tell you, you know, they tell him to go back in front of you. I mean, you're gonna have to lift a little bit to let him go. And we were saving fuel, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I've seen way bigger holes on the racetrack filled with that. I mean, there was a there was a six-car lane gap a lap later in turn three in front of the 11 car. To me, I mean, I don't, you know, he's obviously not holding his speed, but. Um, you know, that's their, their call, and that's what we had to live with. And, you know, it it was okay in one aspect that, you know, if you want to restart on the bottom kind of. So, But still, you don't want to give up a free spot, you know. I mean, we weren't the only ones saving fuel. So, I don't know. It's just kind of their discretion, and you just kind of got to play by their roles.
1: Still, though, a lot of confidence right now with this team. Time to keep it going uh, there in Las Vegas. Hope you have a great week, TJ, and uh, we look forward to the race on Sunday. Thank you, man. Okay, one more guy on speed dial, the most important guy, the other member of the Dukes with, Mar- with Marty Smith, Ryan McGee. Ryan, uh, senior writer for ESPN, the magazine, and just an American badass who covers every sport. If you turn on any ESPN channel and they're doing a documentary, it could be on any sport in the world. Ryan McGee is going to be on he it. He is a javelin expert. He, he's, he's an expert on everything. But right now we want you to be an expert on Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, you've been around this guy his entire time, his entire cup career, and even prior to that – in the nationwide days, you, you've seen this guy grow up. And how fired up should Junior Nation be right now, about a second and a fifth, or should they calm down? It's early.
3: No, nah, there's no reason to calm down. I mean, I, I've said all along that, you, you know, everybody kind of missed the what was going on with, w- during the winless streak. Everybody focused on the fact that he wasn't getting wins. But if you watched w- what was happening during the last two years of that winless streak, he started doing something he hadn't done in a while, which was just being consistent. You know, you got—he said it himself—you got to be up there consistently to be in a position to win races, and that's how you win championships. And that's the difference between these guys now versus these guys three, four years ago when they were hanging on to twentieth and points. You know, now he's a legi- he could have legitimately won both races to start the year. So the fact that you're even in that position, and the fact that kind of eliminated the whole, all right, we have to start getting top tens. Okay, that's, that's put the, put aside now. Now you're doing that every week. Now you can start worrying about wins and worrying about championships. So, it's yeah, compared to where it was three and especially four years ago, it's just light years.
0: Let's talk communication, bud. Um, I think the greatest gains that Dale has made as a competitor are, A, confidence, which for him – is paramount he's got to know that his guys are behind him if he's going to be great but the other one is communication how have you seen him evolve as a leader on the microphone
3: just by tone you know benny parsons used to tell me all the time that confidence was worth about 10 extra horsepower easily he said all the time it's worth 10 extra horsepower and 10 extra horsepower is doing between winning and losing and it's just yeah when you hear him on the radio i tell you there was a moment to have him i thought about this when I drove into Daytona last week, you know, I, I, I use to roll-in now like the Wednesday before the, the duels. And I got in there the Wednesday before the duels. It was two years ago. It was Steve LaTarte's first weekend, you know, on top of the code box. Mm-hmm. And when I pulled in, Dell Jr. wrecked. Like I had the scanner out. I, I had been in the garage five seconds. And Dell Jr. crashed, and immediately I heard the difference. Because Steve LaTar took a totally different tact than any, I had ever heard any of his other crew chiefs take, which was, I mean, before Dale Jr. was done sliding through the grass, Steve LaTar was like, hey, don't worry about it. He said, you know, the car we've got on the truck might actually be even better than the one we just crashed. We know this wasn't a big deal. We'll just roll it out and, and take care of it. And the reaction that Dale Jr. had, and it was silence, but the reaction that he had was just you could feel it over the radio, which was all right yeah I mean you just, finally somebody knew how to push the right button, and that was what that was their first actual Daytona 500 practice. I mean before that it was all been for the shootout so and mean, that
0: we, then becomes reciprocal yeah we were just we were talking about that earlier before before you came on.
3: Yeah, I mean there's no question about it, and so it's just for a guy like him, you know when when times were bad and those shoulders were drooped, you know you could just see it but but, but you, Mark, you know I talked about this a hundred times just walk, watching him walk through the yep. garage.
0: It's a different guy.
3: He just looks different. He, he looks like the kid we were talking about back in the day. He looks like the kid I used to see at the Nashville Fairgrounds racing in, in the Bush Series. There's and a just,
0: solace in his eyes that was not there for a very long time. Yeah. There is yeah. a comfortableness about himself that and was it not It doesn't matter there what him. you do.
3: I mean, you know, whether you're a Major League Baseball pitcher or a quarterback or a race car driver, or you know, or, or bond salesman. It doesn't matter if you lose your mojo. You know, it just
0: tough when deal start, when the bond salesman loses his mojo, Hoss.
3: Yeah, well, just when you start questioning yourself, then you know you don't understand a chance. And uh, and when you when you stop questioning yourself and, and you identify whatever the problem was and fix it, man, it, you can't you can't replace that.
1: McGee is the man. ESPN The Magazine senior writer. With motorsports, college football, college basketball, a bunch of others, and he javelin, he, Blade Runner, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's on Usain Bolt. He, he's on specials on Lolo Jones. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's
3: right. I'm working. I'm working on a javelin. Yeah, I'm working <laughs> on a javelin story now for
1: Marty. Well, in the meantime, you'll be out in Las Vegas covering Junior and the rest of the gang. Hope you have a great trip out there. You're the best.
3: Appreciate it, boys. Uh.
1: And again, this podcast is brought to you by Dale Junior Potato Chips. You can order all four flavors and find a retail store locator near you just by going to juniorfoods.com. Let's go off the grid. Off the grid. Now, Marty Smith, at this time each week, we try to get a lot of fan response, and you get probably more Junior Nation response than e- than even we get. You get response from all teams, fans of all teams, but Lord knows you probably get the most from Quite junior, a spectacle. junior Nation. So give me some fun ones from yesterday.
0: Chris Austin. Prune juice apparently makes the driver and car go.
1: <laughs> of course, Junior's drinking prune juice and carrot juice these days because of Stevie Latarte.
0: At Jennifer6973 writes, Casey Mears is Dale Junior's kryptonite.
1: <laughs> d- dives in front of him there. Ugh.
0: At Andy Small writes, carrot, period, juice, period. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, tra- uh, at TR Brownell Brown- writes, does Dale Jr. feel after today there's any chance of him switching from nationwide insurance to GEICO?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, GEICO got him uh, yesterday. I-, I liked one from uh, Summer. She sent you one at a risk of upsetting animal or reptile rights groups. Junior should have ran over that lizard on <laughs> pit road. I love that. Hell, one. I miss that one. Yeah, Summer wrote you that one. And Good that's, job, Summer. I like it. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a very funny one. And, yes, this is a podcast. It is audio. It's not video. But also somebody sent you a, uh, a very funny picture of uh, a couple of very funny pictures. Dale Jr. fan pictures yesterday that were hilarious, but one that had their dog with a sideways hat, uh, of oh, yes. Dale Jr. hat yesterday, was, was hilarious as well. That's and a big you, fan right there. Yeah, if you follow uh, Dirty Mo Radio or Marty Smith ESPN, you saw what I'm talking about. Any funny stories on Jr. you want to share? Any dirt?
0: Let's go back one week. Okay. I was charged by ESPN to stand outside the Halifax Health Hospital and do live shots all day about the fans that were injured in the Nationwide Series wreck. Thank God they're all okay. That's a great blessing. Now that that's behind us, I get this text. From, <laughs> I get this text from Junior. He goes, "Hey bud, um, you look pretty damn miserable, if I might say." <laughs> I said, "You sir are astute." Uh, so out of nowhere, here comes another text from Dale. He goes, "Dude, remember you're in Daytona. It's not Baghdad." <laughs> <laughs> He said, "There's a damn beach there." So I then send him back. Uh, speaking of uh, photographs of fans, I took a, a great photo with a fan last week who has uh, Dale Senior's
1: race car. It's your avatar now. It
0: is now my Twitter avatar. Yes, at Marty Smith ESPN, you can see it yourself. She has Dale Earnhardt uh, Dale Earnhardt's car uh, on her back, her entire back. <laughs> So I shoot that over to Dale, and he goes, amazing! Please observe a silent moment of awesome.
1: (laughs) 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 He gets it. That's some good stuff, man. Well, uh, before we get out of here, we got to throw the white flag. There you go, buddy, white flag! Since Mike is sick, we're going to see if Dustin, who's trying to put his headset on, can uh, do this white flag.
0: Dale Jr. will appear on behalf of Amp Energy Orange this Wednesday, March 6th, in front of Caesars Palace. He'll be joined by UFC fighter Uriah Faber and snowboarder Scotty Lago. Jr. will jump right back into another appearance on Thursday, March 7th, at Sam's Hill Casino on behalf of Diet Mountain Dew. Do not forget that Jr. is making his second nationwide series start of this year, this weekend at Vegas in the number 88TaxSlayer.com Chevrolet. It is tax Season's Taylor. And lastly... Junior's Vegas Weekend will include the taping of a special segment from the popular show, WS Catch. And Taylor promised me I'd never have to do this again. i got to go to the
1: bathroom. <laughs> for Dustin, for Marty, for McGee, for TJ, for Mike Davis, I'm Taylor Zarser. You've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download on Dirty Mo' Radio.
0: Duh-huh. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
1: Have you tried the new Dale Jr. potato chips? Are you wondering where you can find them? Today is your lucky day. Go to dalejuniorfoods.com to see where you can find the chips in your area or place an order online. You can have them shipped right to you. That's dalejrfoods.com.